0: But she got so paranoid Her place I would avoid I was in love with a girl on marijuana I was in love with a girl on cocaine She had everything going but a brain We'd talk endlessly for hours But by morning it goes sour. I was in love with a girl on cocaine. Through ecstasy, crystal, meth and glue, I found no drug compares to you. All these pills, all this weed, I don't know just what I need. I was in love with a girl on LSD. She'd see things I'd never see She broadened her perspective Then I got more selective I was in love with the grown-ups True ecstasy, crystal meth and glue, i found no drug compares to you All these pills, all this weed, I don't know what I need I was in love with a girl who drank beer Till bad breath and all she disappeared She was blowing up real bad But when she left I was still sad I was in love with a girl that drank beer I was in love with a girl on China White We were married for a year one night Her memory still lingers Cause I burned all my fingers I was in love with a girl on China White I was in love with a girl who drank coffee There was times when I couldn't keep her off me That caffeine got her going But her ugly side was showing I was in love with a girl who drank coffee I was in love with a girl who was a dealer I was afraid somebody'd come and steal her We never used to fight, but the phone rang day and night, I was in love with the girl who was appealing, sure as hell, she got popped by the big guys.
1: I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous, don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest, it's shocky now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful, like, look. Did that
0: voice inside you say, I've heard it all
1: before? It's like. It is Thursday, October 26, 2023. How are you doing, kids? You are at jcontheline.com. I'm going to hit this head-on here. We record the podcast on Thursday morning, and then because we don't do one on Friday, the Thursday one runs right on through the weekend. So all I can really tell you right now is at the time of recording the podcast here on Thursday morning, the guy there in Maine is still on the loose they revised the numbers now. They say 18 dead, 13 injured. They were originally saying it was 50 to 60 injured, and you're like, well, how can they make that much of a mistake? Well, I'm gonna just surmise here. I'm gonna take a wild guess. If you've ever seen a crime scene where there are just bodies and blood all over the place. I've only seen some black and white pictures of it. I don't think I want to see anymore. But if you ever seen anything like this, it's really difficult to determine what's what. And depending on what sort of weapon the perpetrator is using and where the victim was hit, you can have body parts. I mean, it really gets to a point of being gruesome beyond levels to which we have ever been exposed but uh, i'll say this right now even if you're listening to this podcast on thursday afternoon just a couple hours after it's been recorded i'm gonna go out on a limb right now and say that they've already got this guy and he might not be alive when they get him but i don't think he's going to be on the lam much longer so here it is 11 o'clock central time I bet you they got this guy by 4 or 5 this afternoon. We shall see. And we already know he spent, what, two weeks in some sort of a metal hospital over the summer. And I know a lot of people don't buy into that. It's like, you know, you murder all these people and then you claim insanity. And I I understand. And this is why I tip my hat to the members of the National Rifle Association. Because overwhelming majority, it's somewhere in the low 80s, of people in the NRA who say there should be more strict background checks, especially when there's an issue of mental capacity. The overwhelming majority of the NRA members all say, yep, got to keep these guns and rifles out of the hands of people who are mentally unstable. It is the politicians who can't seem to figure out some way to make this work because the very, very extremely active voters, often referred to as a politician's base, those people are the ones who are so married to their, uh, to their weapons, their rifles and their guns, those are the people the politicians have to worry about. Because if if the politicians don't get their base, it's pretty much guaranteed that you lose. So as is often the case in this country, the people making the most noise are the ones who end up getting their way. I've said this for a long time, many years, um, that it's going to take one of these mass shootings someday where some politician's granddaughter is mowed down in her grammar school, or some politician's wife is at a restaurant bowling alley in maine like last night and gets mowed down then they'll start a foundation and then there will be tearful speeches and then finally somebody will do something about this but the only thing that will happen now is a bunch of people will go on to anti-social media and insist that it's not the gun that kills people it's the person that kills somebody and while that is not wrong it's also not correct translated not a fucking thing is going to change It was this weekend, back in 1974, that I saw Fleetwood Mac for the very first time. It was on the campus of Northern Illinois University. I want to say it was either, was it Penguin or Mystery to Me? I forget which album had just come out, and they were touring nationally, and this was almost two years before Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joined the band. One of the reasons I mentioned this, I've been talking about it for a while, on Wednesday of next week, my 14-year-old and I will be in Savannah, Georgia to see the Stevie Nicks show. But even in 1974, I remember thinking to myself, these guys are good. And I had been playing some of their stuff on the college radio station where I was working while I was in school. So I was familiar with their work anyhow. But 1974, I mean, that was only about, what, five or six years removed from the time that Fleetwood Mac was still a blues band in the late 60s. But Stevie Nicks is in her mid-70s now. But everything I've heard is that uh, the show is awesome. So we're looking forward to it. I got married this weekend back in 2007. From time to time, down through the years, I have posted pictures of women that I dated. There's nothing buried in any of that, by the way. It's just old pictures. It's like an old picture of me with a celebrity or something. But it's like, oh, look at this funny picture of this girl that I used to date. Let me tell you the story behind all this. And I'll put the picture up. And sometimes people will say, well, what does your wife think of all this? It's like, look, I'm a pack rat. I've got thousands of photographs Probably five, six thousand photographs that I have either digitized or still, you know, in a box somewhere. And something will catch my eye. I'd be digging around in the garage and go, "Look at this picture! I forgot all about this." But anyhow, the point, the reason I'm bringing it up is because guys will sometimes say to me, "Man, J.C., that was one thing about you always, and that is you always got the good-looking girls." And the truth of the matter is, no, I didn't. For one thing, I didn't get any good-looking girls until. I don't know. I had a pretty good looking girlfriend in Buffalo right before I moved to St. Louis. She looked like Mindy from Mork and Mindy. And I looked a little bit like Robin Williams. If I was wearing suspenders, people people would have thought we were Mork and Mindy. And and I'm telling you, you think I'm kidding, I'm not. I put the picture up years ago and people are like, She looks like the girl from Mork and Mindy. But then but then things started to really pick up for me when I got to St. Louis. And and I'll tell you what the secret is. Because there was another girl. And I remember this because we had just played a KC softball game down at Johnny Max in Valley Park. And we all went out afterwards to some bar on Manchester. It's not there anymore. But it was someplace like a like a Hot Shots or something. We were all wearing our softball outfits and our jerseys and everything. And there was a woman standing with another girl, sort of at the bar, and I could see they were watching us. And then caught her looking out of the corner of her eye. When a woman is looking at you out of the corner of her eye, that's usually something good and this uh this this girl happened to have uh, been gifted with uh, one of the better bodies that i've ever seen and she was wearing this i think they called them at that time scoop tops a scoop top so there was massive cleavage going on and i saw that she was looking at me and so i went, i just went over and started talking to her and that's really it that's it. You can't be afraid of being shut down even in front of your friends. You got to be okay with the idea of I'm going to shoot my shot here. And if she ain't interested and I get shut down, the guys are going to laugh and you're going to get teased about it for a while. Or, or it's the other way around and she just drops. Like a bag of potatoes for you. I walked over to it. We talked for just a couple of minutes. It was getting late. I had to go. And so I just took my business card out of my wallet and I did something that, you know, back in 1985, you could do. I would never do this today because things have just changed. But I took the business card and I just stuffed it right into her cleavage. <laughs> I said, if you call this number or if you, uh, we didn't have email back then. So if you call this number, I'll know where to get a hold of you, and we can go from there. And it took about a week or so, and she called, and that was that. So that's really the secret. Talk to them. Have something to say. And if you can say something that's sort of funny, not corny, but if you can say something funny, it's almost like that doesn't even matter. It is the contact itself. You lose the shot. And and I find myself feeling Pretty ridiculous right now, giving away what I think is advice about picking up girls, <laughs> because I never really thought I was any good at it. I just got lucky a couple of times, enough times for it to become legend. But as I said, the whole key is to talk. You 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 lose out on a hundred percent of the chances that you don't take. It was on this day back in 1988. This is the peak of the television show L.A. Law. And somebody said, "Well, let's bring in Corbin Burnson. We got a famous bar out here at Fairview Heights, and we're going to need somebody to MC and just sort of keep the show going and introduce Corbin Burnson and field questions from the audience." And sort of, you know, he wants to be up there with somebody. It's like, okay, fine, sure, I'll do it. So they paid me to come out, and I drove out to Fairview Heights. And uh, before the whole thing got started, I went to the Fairview uh, to the famous bar people, and I said, "Go into the uh, sports section there, get me a nice red." men's cardinal baseball hat i'll present it to him on stage oh that's a swell idea jc woman goes and gets a hat sort of put it behind my back okay here's corbin let's go up on stage and we chit chat a little bit go back and forth a little bit and at one point i pull out the hat and i say hey and by the way we have a baseball team here we're pretty proud of and we were only a handful of years separated from Our two World Series appearances in 82, well, three, 82, 85, and 87. And so I handed him the hat. He would not put it on. Turned out he's a diehard Dodgers fan and was afraid that somebody would take his picture with the Cardinal hat on. Would not put the hat on. And I kept goading him about it. I kept shoving him, you know, put the hat on. It's before I knew the whole thing about the Dodgers thing. I didn't find out about that until later. And he's getting sort of irritated with me. It's like, look, I pissed off Corbin Burnson, but I was trying to do the right thing, you know? Saturday is the anniversary of the end of the Cuban Missile Crisis. I talked about this before. I have a borderline unhealthy obsession with those 13 days back in October of 1962. We were 15 minutes away from nuclear annihilation. And again, I'll plug the movie 13 Days. With uh, Kevin Costner, Bruce Greenwood plays Kennedy, and the guy who plays Bobby Kennedy—I wish I could remember the actor's name—he is sensational in this movie. You'll be thinking it is Robert F. Kennedy. The movie is Thirteen Days, and it is absolutely sensational. One of the best movies I've ever seen. I've probably seen it forty to fifty times. But if you got uh, some of the people in the White House, like we've had in recent years, you know the Bring It On crowd. Yeah, we would have gotten blowed up. But Kennedy, he was so deliberate about it and so, you know, impervious to the uh, the pushing, the shoving he was getting from lots of members of his own staff and especially Curtis LeMay. I mean, that guy wanted war. He wanted war. But Kennedy slipped us out of it as uh, a miracle, as far as I'm concerned, just an absolute miracle of modern age diplomacy. I have one more anniversary of something that happened in 2009, but I'm saving it for the end of the podcast. All right, I love this story. A group of women put together a list of 28 places women do not want to go on a first date. I've said this a million times, I'll say it again. What is the singular objective of a first date? Say it with me, wrong. The singular objective of a first date is to get a second date. Well, it turns out the women... Have lots of feelings about those first dates, and here's all the places they don't want to go. Half of it, by the way, is chain restaurants. They don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory, Chili's, Applebee's, Chipotle, Olive Garden, Starbucks, Denny's, IHOP, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, Red Lobster, Waffle House, any fast food chain, or any buffet. The list also includes, again, this is where women don't want to go, going to the movies, watching Netflix at home, and going to the guy's house. It says women also don't want to spend a first date going to church with you, to the gym, to sporting events, or to family functions. Ice cream and coffee dates are also a no-go, along with bowling, nightclubs, hookah bars, any bar just for drinks, and somewhere that requires a long drive. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, that includes just about every fucking thing I could come up with. You're not alone. Because when they posted this thing, everybody had that take exactly. It's like all of that stuff is on the. where the hell are we supposed to go? Now, the movie thing. Makes the least sense of all of them because you go on a first date, you don't really know one another, you're trying to get to know one another, so what do you do? You go sit in a dark room for two hours not speaking to one another. That makes no sense at all. That's a mistake I made for years when I was you know, much younger and dating all the time. Take her to a movie. You're just sitting there in awkward silence. It's no good. And I love the fact that places like Denny's and Wingstop were listed by the women. That means... That somebody actually did it. So what is acceptable by these women in this survey? Well, they're defending the list and they say all we're doing is trying to nix all the boring, stale ideas. We want you to come up with an exciting, fresh plan that could be more memorable than the standard first date. One idea is to try something new to both of you, but they don't say what those things are. I didn't see like a place like Top Golf on that. Maybe you could try that. I've always thought a nice dinner works pretty well, though. You're trying to get to know somebody. So you sit down and you can observe a lot of nonverbal communication across the table from a young woman or a not so young woman, as the case may be, just somebody that, uh, you know, there's some sort of alleged mutual attraction. So you said, and you talk, you get a bottle of wine, you know, people start loosening up a little bit. Women like to see. How you treat servers. I'm sure it works the other way around too, but especially women. You know, women do not like the idea of anybody, but especially somebody that they would be romantically involved with, being mean to servers. But like I said, I think that works the other way just as much. You can also observe somebody's table manners. I think that tells you a lot about the person. How does that person look at you? You, they seem to be listening to what you're saying and sort of making some sort of effort to understand it. And speaking of restaurants, there's another survey out that says the average American has not tried a new restaurant in five months. We are creatures of habit, so why not use a first date as an opportunity to venture out of your comfort zone? You know, it doesn't have to be fancy or expensive. You just try something out that's new. If her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. Mongo Jerry. Halloween right around the corner here. We're going to be doing our Halloween uh, Roots of Rock Sunday show this Sunday morning from 9 to 11 on Wolf, 101.5 St. Louis and 101.7 West and Beyond, streaming at kwolf.com. It's all brought to you by Weber Chevrolet. That is Sunday morning. We play 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Just a good old time. Put some Motown in there, some Beatles. And we really have a good time. Sunday mornings, 9 to 11 on K-Wolf. But anyhow, so with all that in mind, Halloween is going to be a big theme. You start talking about phobias. Now, of course, everybody has heard of claustrophobia. John Goodman did a movie, arachnophobia, fear of spiders. There's something that sounds pretty close to that. Acrophobia, fear of heights. That finished number one on the list. Social phobia, fear of social situations. Thanatophobia, fear of death. Trypanophobia, the fear of needles. Ophidiophobia, the fear of snakes. Articophobia, an intense fear of failure. Agoraphobia, the fear of open spaces. Glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. Trypophobia, this is a weird one. Having feelings of disgust or fear when you see patterns with lots of holes, like a honeycomb or a sponge. And while people are worried about the state of the democracy, the war in Israel, the war in Ukraine, climate change, a new survey says 59% of us, more than half, while we enjoy hosting guests in our home for the holidays, 9% of people already worried about seating arrangements. Don't sit me next to Uncle Ed, for God's sakes. You know he stinks and I don't want to sit next. Some people want to change the date of halloween and i've heard this about a couple of things there's a lot of people who want to make the day after the super bowl they want to make that a national holiday because everybody's all drunk and hung over and loaded with chicken wings all you'd have to do is move the game to saturday night problem solved we're still waiting for the asshole politicians to get rid of this stupid daylight saving thing nobody likes it everybody hates it The politicians every year, they tease us and say, yeah, we're going to do something about that. Yeah, we've seen the surveys and nobody, well, there's no money in it for anybody. So nothing gets done. So now there's people saying, well, let's just make Halloween the last Saturday in October. And it would just make everything easier on people, especially parents. It's Not the worst idea I've heard. If you're giving out candy, watch out for the chocolate. Consumer Reports just put out something yesterday. They said, we're a little concerned. We're seeing really high levels of lead and cadmium in about a third of the chocolate products that they tested. And yeah, my doctor said I'm not getting enough lead. People get mad at the government, but the government is keeping us from getting sick sometimes. Every once in a while, the uh, goons at Facebook, in their inimitable wisdom, will come along with one of those things, you violated community standards. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so you're out there in California, and how many times have you been to St. Louis? Oh, I've never been to St. Louis. Oh, oh see, because... I've been working in St. Louis for almost 40 years, and I would say that my assessment of what community standards are, well, I would just think that I'd be more familiar with them than you would, but I so much want to take a break from social media. There's a little dream I have where I'm never on social media again, but you can't do that when you're working in a job like this. You've got to remind people who you are, what you're doing picture is going viral on social media right now which shows a taco bell employee in indiana giving another work or a haircut at work in the kitchen and speaking of fast food here's another one of those stories they really happened some woman burned herself on dunkin donuts coffee just got a cool three million dollars you're disfigured but you're rich and you think kids don't want to get candy corn once their faces just Light up when you give them necko waf- wafers. <laughs> these, these things have been around since the middle 1800s. Chocolate, cinnamon, clove, lemon, licorice, lime, orange, and wintergreen. And they're all wretched. New study found listening to your favorite songs can work as a pretty good pain reliever. If you're talking about new songs or songs that people have never heard before, it doesn't work as well. And here's a guy whose family tree must look like a trapezoid. It was on this date in 1968. Rudy Giuliani marries his first wife, Regina, after 14 years of wonderful marital bliss. They had the marriage annulled in 1982 when Rudy discovered he was married to his second cousin. So he marries his second wife, who is not his cousin, two years later. Then he cheats on her with the mistress, whom he eventually made wife number three. Rudy, your family tree is a pentagram. And officials in of the government say 40% of the state of West Virginia, 40% of the state of West Virginia is obese. West Virginia residents responded, wow, that's more than half. <laughs> great, great schools. All right, I said there was one more anniversary that I wanted to recognize and it took place on this date back in 2009. Again, you were lied to by radio station managers, and the TV stations and the newspapers, all they do is they just take whatever the managers tell them, and then they print it or they report it. So if the radio station representative is lying, well, that just gets picked up, and then that becomes reality. And so to this date, people think that on this day back in 2009, that I was fired from K-Hits, and I wasn't. In fact, they still had to pay me a tremendous amount of money, which I know seems counterintuitive because the reason they were making all the cuts is because you know the economy was sort of messed up back then, they were losing money. The station had to pay us a lot of money for that show. And so their attitude was, well, we've been told we got to cut like 30, 40% of our workforce. If we get rid of the morning show, we save a ton of money. It's going to sting, but we got to do it. But then they still owe you all this back pay from what's left on your contract so it's just crazy but the whole business is crazy six people got let go that day including katie cruz at the other station right down the hall from us six people and the week before that six people have been let go and i've talked about this before i think when i started at that station back in 2002 i believe it was there was something like 130 employees in the place five radio stations i think the last time i checked it was something like 38 they just keep letting people go, letting people go, laying more and more and more people off. But when you're, you know, really in the public eye, like we were back then, the managers, know we can't, we, can, we got to say something. So let's just say he was fired. People will believe it. You know, he's always getting in trouble. So people will just go, oh, JC got fired again. Hm. No, I wasn't. Now is the result essentially the same? Oh, sure. But I didn't do anything wrong and I wasn't fired. And again, evidenced by the fact that we, we were able to put a lot of money in the bank during that period of time for about a year, year and a half after they pulled the plug on the show. So because this is our last podcast of the week, and because this is the anniversary of the show Grandma K-Hits ending 14 years ago today, I thought I would play this for you. Now, what happens is when you are looking for a radio job, you put together what's called an audition tape. And initially what you do is you pretty much flood the nation with little three to four minute tapes of your show. And they just go bang it a bang it a bang it just clip 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 right one right after another. And you send those out to as many radio stations as you can find that might possibly be interested in your services. And then if they call back and they go, hey, we listened to your tape. It's really good. Can you send us more? Well, then that's when you send them a longer version of what you do. So that's what I'm going to do for you right now. I'm going to play you the tape, the so- sort of second little bit longer. It's not like 45 minutes or anything. It's only a couple of minutes. But it's the tape of the morning show, Graham, on K-Hits that we were doing back as late as 2009 when the station pulled the plug on the show. In the words of Otis Day and the nights, so here it is.
0: It's JC's 25th anniversary on K
1: Hits 96. The governor was fingerprinted for a second time. The Chicago Tribune reports that the quality of the first prints taken last month was not considered good enough. He's that slimy. We He's took just... his fingerprint and it slid off. <laughs> Joe Buck. I don't know that I've ever seen you on Channel Nine before.
0: I'm going to be a recurring character for the next three years on Barney. Oh my
1: goodness, it's our old friend Joe. Channel Four sent Lisa Monzo, a very nice woman, reporter out to the airport today to cover the beginning of shooting of the new George Clooney movie. She actually said, if you know where anybody in the cast is, give us a call at (laughs) Channel 4 because we would love to know about this. I am now told that George Clooney is at 4th and Pine, about four blocks away from the Channel 4 Studios. Oh, my God. What was the Stooges line? Boy, are you um umday. Pye, you're on the air? Yeah, um, a friend of mine who was a pollster down in Kentucky said if you take a sex poll outside of Priscilla's, you're going to get a different answer than if you take it outside of the Baptist Church. You just gave me a great idea, by the way. I'm going to go out and stand in front of Priscilla's and ask. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's... Senator McCain, you're behind in perverts, 18 to 34. (laughs) We've got to do something to pick up the latex (laughs) vote. Miss South Carolina, a, uh, a blonde, very attractive young woman, though, who wasn't ready for this one that they threw at her.
0: Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe... That U.S. Americans...
1: Already in trouble.
0: I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa...
1: Why can't Americans find America on a map? And she's in the Iraq and South Africa, the only two countries she (laughs) apparently is aware of. Although later on, she does mention Asia.
0: And I believe that they should...
1: Who's they? Our education over here. Our education over here. So she's back here now. She was briefly in the Iraq and South Africa. And the U.S. should help the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. should help the U.S. Yes, it should. God helps people who help themselves. The U.S. should help the U.S.
0: Or should help
1: South Africa. Or help South Africa. After you're done helping the U.S., get back over to South Africa. Because I was just there, you'll recall. It should help the Iraq and the Asians. Yeah, right. In the meantime, they're like, put this girl out of her misery, please. (laughs) Somebody shoot her in the head. Keep in mind that about 99.9% of those guys working on that highway have got either wrenches or hammers or other very heavy objects that would quite easily become a projectile through a windshield. So what you're suggesting is, is that the highway workers, if somebody is speeding through their work zone, they should take a hammer or a wrench and throw it through the windshield, thus uh, probably killing uh, not only that person, the passengers, and then after that person is killed, the car is going 80 miles an hour, then veer out of control and probably kill some other people. Damn, wasn't as good as idea as I thought. <laughs> Dave Mason apparently knew a lot of the right people. George Harrison appeared on this album, as did Stevie Wonder. You're going to hear him sucking on that harmonica from 1973. It's like you never left. This is Dave Mason. The song is The Lonely One. Oh, and speaking of last night's game. One and only J.C. Corcoran from K-Hits. You know, J.C. recently threw out the first pitch. 25 years in 25 St. Louis. 25 years on the radio here. and broke his thumb in bag practice. You know, uh, you can probably hear it on the tape there, but the sexual tension between me and Al Roboski is just its off the scale. What's the weather for the... Gonna be. there was a disturbing image huh dave yeah oh, yes what a way to go into the holiday weekend <laughs> chris matthews all right here all we right. go it's a three-two pitch this guy's been in a slump hey buddy how about getting a hit before jesus gets back <laughs> Matthews. Wow. all right now daryl hammond doing that same home run call yeah as Ted Koppel. Okay. What's the point in all of this? (laughs) Bob Seeger, thanks for spending a little time with us. He said exactly what you just said. He said, I I thought you'd be this big, tough guy from the Motor City. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. No, that's Nugent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) We tried to have Trista on the air when all this was going on and they're like, "Uh, we're just like a hometown radio station here. We thought that maybe she'd want it. No! And then I turn on the TV and the Bachelor show and there she is in a shower rubbing her snap against a complete stranger. (laughs) It's like, here, I'll tell you what, I'll put on a bikini with my big plastic fake boobs and let's put a camera in there and then let's turn the water (laughs) on and then we'll make out in the shower and I'll just rub all over you and we'll get my skin nice and glistening and uh, and we'll watch that water just roll down my cleavage. (gasps) And, uh, hey, could we have a phone conversation with... Respect your privacy! <laughs> She's a private person. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry. Well, the man has a point, ladies and gentlemen. Returning to the scene of the crime, when I say crime, I say radio. The former uh, co-host of the Stevens and Gridnick radio program on KSH 95 the one and only Joy Gridnick! Hey,
0: hey! Hey! Having not been in the restaurant industry, I didn't really realize that you have to... Uh, you know, Pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, my cheeks are going to hurt after this. Um, <laughs>
1: That's what she said. <laughs> Dennis Weaver from McLeod. His home is made of hundreds of recycled tires stuffed with dirt. I a guess little? if you were a guest, you'd have to stay in his spare bedroom. <laughs> the guy has a really inflated opinion of himself. On the air. I'm from San Francisco, and this was the heaviest one I've, I've ever felt. At about 4:30 this morning, our uh, bird just went nuts in its cage. I couldn't figure out what was going on. But now, so. do you put uh, one of those uh, shades over the bird cage at night? What do you think that's going to stop an earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> well, Americans are driving less to cope with the increasing cost of food and gas. And when I am driving, I'm I'm trying to coast more. It's worked in your career so far. <laughs> And in their infinite wisdom, 14 years ago today, they pulled the plug on that show. Still remarkable to me and to lots of you. They couldn't figure out a way to make money off that show. Incredible. All right, I'm done. We do a fresh podcast for you every Monday through Thursday At 11 o'clock here at jcontheline.com. Spread the word if you can. We'll be back on radio tomorrow morning at 101.5 St. Louis and still 101.7 West and beyond. We stream at kwolf.com. Spread the word. Like I said, word of mouth advertising is the best. So if you have friends, family members, coworkers, whatever it is, you you think, hey, eh, a person might enjoy this. Tell them about the radio show. Tell them about the podcast. Here at jcontheline.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.